When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need to know involving USA Curling and more. It's the 12th in Sports Network's The Extra Extra In Podcast with host Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, club spotlights, and more. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Jenna. All right, welcome into the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. I am Price Atkinson, and she is Jenna K. Martin. We are back with you after a brief hiatus last week. Excited to be back in the saddle this week doing it again as I just literally before we came on told Jenna the, the story of my luggage being lost for four days coming home from the Tour Challenge in Nova Scotia. So flying home last Monday. Jenna left on Sunday. I left on Monday. Um, because leaving on Monday, the snowstorm and everything that was going through Toronto and Detroit, I'm not going to bore everybody with the longest story, Jenna, that I just told you in a Cliff Notes version. But my luggage was lost. It did not show up until Thursday last week. All my recording equipment, microphones, and everything from when we podcasted at the Tour Challenge was in that suitcase. And so by the time it showed up uh, mid-afternoon Thursday, I had thrown in the towel. With that said, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, Price. <laughs> Honestly, I was feeling sorry for myself and my travel story home. So uh, I'm glad you shared your details because as dark as it seems, as selfish as it seems, it gave me some perspective and uh I'm pretty good. I that's, can't complain anymore. Well, it's nothing selfish because when you get stuck in the Newark airport, that's that's never a fun afternoon or evening or morning. It's never fun, especially when it comes to United. So I'm guessing you were flying United home from uh, Halifax. I sure was. Yeah. So United is the airline that always keeps on giving. And if you're a United uh, honors member or whatever they call it, I look, I, I'm sure they are fine people. But they are, to me, the airline that always fails. That's why I'm a Delta guy through and through. But they did fail in this case. They failed me by not getting my luggage to me. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. I mean, for me, I only got stuck on the tarmac for, I don't know, an extra two hours, which in the grand scheme of things isn't too bad. But as you might recall, the last night in Halifax, or in Pictou County, I stayed up the entire night. You so did. I, was in per- I was in pretty rough shape. You did. Um, Let's talk about that, because when I last saw you, we were having a about what our eighth order of pizza from Picto County Pizza, which was delicious. The brown sauce, by the way, if you ever go to Picto County, get the Picto County Pizza. You might not give it a full uh, full fledged ringing endorsement like I will, even though we ate it. What? every night for a week, but it was delicious. Oh, and we, it was amazing. We were polishing off yet another order of it when uh, the, the bell sounded when, when I think it was Croy Nuremberger and who else? Uh, was it Richie and, and uh, Tom Howell were, Colin. they were coming to get you, yeah. Colin. That's right. And so, yeah, you did stay up all night till two in the morning to make that early shuttle all the way back down to Halifax, and then you're stuck. How, was your trip as brutal as mine? Because it does sound like when you, I don't, I can't do the stay up all night thing. When I, you're an old fart like me, I just can't do it. I've got to have sleep. I, I think I learned that I couldn't do it either. I, it was the first time I pulled an all nighter since college. Um, it was weird, too, because I, I had a few beverages early on in the night, so I felt my sobriety kind of hit a little. I felt the uh, hunger hit. It went through waves. Um, yep. I wasn't the most delightful person when I got home to my husband, who so lovingly picked me up from the airport, but uh, we made it through. Got in a lot of sleep before work on Monday. We were good to go. Please tell me they had a couple of mimosas to serve you uh, on the flight from Halifax to <laughs> Newark. You deserved it after Yeoman's work in Halifax or in Nova Scotia. Seriously, fantastic yeah. work. Yeah. How much different? And you and I joked about this, but how much different is it doing this podcast when we're sitting there next to each other versus when we do it on the phone? It's still fine on the phone, but when we sit next to each other, it's completely different ball game, isn't it? Yeah, we had our we had our mojo going, right? So it was so much easier. We could 
actually look at each other and have a normal conversation. Sometimes when we do it like this, like we've had it so many times where you've asked me a question and I just sat here in silence. <laughs> We're like, oh, well, guess we'll cut that part out. So it was fun. It was really nice. Well, there might be a chance that we have to do this sometime late in the year in Milwaukee because I think I'm going to come up short on my Delta points this year and I think I'm going to have to take some stupid – and I'm not calling Milwaukee, Milwaukee stupid. That's not what I'm about to say. But I think Sounds I'm gonna have. Way. I think I'm gonna have to make a like stupid end of the year trip somewhere just to get some mileage and everything to get gold status, which I've been trying to get. You know, for I don't know, it feels like months. But we might have to do this in person one more time before the end of the year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But okay. All right, we got a lot to do. We got a whole lot to do because it's been about two weeks since we did this, and Corey Dropkin. Of the Young Bucks, your favorite skip in USA Curling, Jenna. He is um, he is uh, excited to say the least after they history winning Grand Slam event, first U.S. Men's team. You, we're going to talk specifically about that. You, I wish you had been there to see it because I know how much you love the Young Bucks and that live that you got gifted by Corey there in Nova Scotia to <laughs> see the to see the drama and to see how it all unfolded. Uh, in Sunday's final, but we, we'll have a conversation. I talked with Corey a little bit earlier today. He talked about the excitement, you know, how everything has kind of calmed down. His feet, yes, have finally hit the ground since uh, since they're winning the Tier 2 uh, Tour Challenge in Nova Scotia, but we got him coming up. Uh, we got a lot to recap uh, with that. Jamie Sinclair, wow. Uh, they went in Red Deer on Monday this week. A whole lot more to get into. Europeans is going on, but let's start with Corey Dropkin because you obviously there. Uh, the Young Bucks, you wrote a great blog post about them uh, and really just kind of the game-changing win that it was for them to win the Tier 2 Tour Challenge Grand Slam event. I, what, I mean, what did you think watching it on television? You didn't get to see the whole thing because it wasn't broadcast on, on Sportsnet. They would do cutaways, but following it and stuff, what, your reaction after being with them all week? Amazing. If you told me that they won that thing two games into the week, I would have told you that you were full of crap. So I, it's just amazing the way that they turned it around. I can't tell you how many tournaments I've been in where, like, your, your back's against the wall. You have to climb up the seaside to qualify. Um, and to see them do it and, and make it seem so effortless as soon as they started winning, it was, I don't know, I'm, I'm ecstatic for them. Corey deserves to be on cloud nine, and hopefully they can carry it forward. Like, they're having such a solid season. I don't, it's pretty cool how was it to be there in person and see it it was pretty awesome i mean it, it really was pretty awesome like i i paid i don't think i saw maybe one rock throne of jacobs and gushu on sheet c in the middle sheet playing in the you know the the tier one final didn't even pay attention literally i don't think i saw maybe one shot of the whole game because i was just glued into those guys and you know, just not to go back and, and recap the game and, and take anybody through it, but, you know, the the larger view is this. Like you said, I mean, they, they won their first game, um, you know, round robin. Then they lose to Richie and them. And, you know, I was down ice side, and you were watching too. You know, Corey is, I believe he was heavy on his last draw that would have, I think, sent it to an extra. And, of course, dejected, really upset with himself. Um, then they come back and get beat in the next game. I can't remember who it was. So it's sitting at one and two. I mean, I hate to use the phrase back against the wall, but that's exactly where they were, where they had to win to get in. Didn't they? I uh, think it was they had to play Sturmey in their last uh, round robin, beat them. Then they had played them again, I believe, in the tie break uh, to get in, I think. But then, obviously, it was it was game, set, match because you can't call it a fluke. Cameron Bryce from Scotland, those guys were undefeated going in. They play them in what the quarterfinal beat them. They get through when they're semi, and then they play Tanner Horrigan, who to say they are white hot is an understatement. I think they had won what fourteen games in a row uh, before that yeah. that final. Obviously, clearly they had, they didn't lose in the tier two there in Nova Scotia, and then Corey and then beat them. I, there's just not a lot to say. That was flat earned and ma huge, mad props and respect to Corey, not just to Corey, but to, to Joe Polo, to, to Mark Fenner, and honestly, to our guy that we all love and know, one of the funniest guys in, in the sport, Tom Howell, who was called uh, away from a family vacation due to the injury to Alex Fenson. He basically has to up and haul his butt to Nova Scotia. So the question then is, you know, I talked to Phil Drobnik immediately after, and, 
you know, Jamie Sinclair is the only U.S. team to ever win a Grand Slam event. They won the Players' Championship, what, two years ago. Um, you know, this now is the first U.S. men's team to win a slam. Some people will say it's with an asterisk. What do you say? Um, asterisks or not, I think that's a hell of an accomplishment, and they deserve bragging rights. I mean, they they are the first men's team to win a slam, right? I don't think we need to specify. It's a huge accomplishment, and until another U.S. men's team uh, wins a tier one, they get bragging rights as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I'm just merely bringing up the point. You know, somebody said to me, well, let's see what happens in January. I said, well, that's not the point. The point is that they went in and, and won a, you know, they won a slam, albeit the Tier 2. No other U.S. team who's been in Tier 2s over the years has won one. So, uh, to me, it is an accomplishment, and it is history. And, and I agree with Phil. I said, Phil, it, it still counts. He said, you bet you, you, bet your, you know what it counts. And so, you know, I, I, I'm just over the moon. He's just ecstatic for those guys. And, you know, it's interesting to look at the uh, the World Curling Tour rankings that, you know, yeah, everybody's got all kinds of beef about that. That will save that for many episodes down the road. But, you know, looking at the year-to-date standings now, you talked about Corey and them. They, I mean, they've made several finals this year. This was the first time they finally got over the hump. But in the year-to-date points, they're now up to number 16 in the world with that win. And that's ahead of yeah. Rich Ruinen at 19. And I'm talking just year-to-date only. Okay, yeah, Rich Ruinen at uh, eight, uh, 19, and then Schuster and those guys at 34. That, again, that's just year-to-date. Total ranking, uh, Corey and them is still behind uh, those other two teams, but still they rank number 23 in the world. Literally, I think, about four spots or four points behind Thomas Olsrud, who's playing at the European World Championships right now. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. They have been knocking on the door of some of these top the top men's teams for quite a while. So I feel like we're finally starting to see them break through. And uh, last week was a really good start for them. I, I mean, there's going to be a lot more to come for these guys. We, we've talked about it probably in every podcast so far, but they're still getting better. And yep. it's, it's really cool to see. All right, let's get down to what happened earlier this week and, and just another thriller. Um, <laughs> Jamie Sinclair, uh, they have Basically, they have been nowhere to be found this year, and I, and I don't mean that maliciously in any in any way toward Jamie and her team, but they have played, what, four or five events. They had not qualified at a single one. This is the first time they qualified uh, in Red Deer playing in Alberta, and they not only qualify, they do it going through the B side, but they win uh, Red Deer. Robin Silvernagel's team had won it last year from uh, Saskatchewan. This year, it's Jamie Sinclair. I believe it's their first win since... Help me out with this. This is going to be a tough one. I want to say their first World Curling Tour win since Canad ends. I think I'll have to go back and double check that last year, but or maybe the year before. Regardless, um, huge props to Jamie and them. Um, they get they get themselves into the final. They beat Minji Kim what twice en route to the final. Uh, once, I believe the second time was in the quarterfinals, beat Corinne Brown from BC, and then had to play another uh, British Columbia rink in Brett Richards. And how about this? They were controlling the game. I don't, I don't know if you, I'm sure you didn't see it. I watched it on Facebook Live. Was what, they were up 5-2 um, after four. Uh, and then give it away. Mm-hmm. They go down. They give away two more in the next two ends and then have to basically play – uh, down six to three. No, excuse me, six to five. They play the last two ends and they get their forced to one in the seventh, and then they steal two in the eighth for the win. Fantastic! Wow. Congratulations to Jamie yeah. and company. Um, you know, uh, a, a really a a confidence building win at a time when they so desperately needed it, Jenna. Yeah, absolutely. These girls have been working their butts off, and it's, I mean, not to be blunt, but it hasn't been showing. So many people are saying that that Jamie's team has been so close uh, to winning games, to qualifying in their events, but it just hasn't shown. So to see it all come together, especially, um, I know Jamie put a blog out there last week about how much it hurt to not be at the slam and how they were getting a little bit of FOMO and, and wanting to be playing at the slam level again. So this had to be a huge confidence booster for them moving into the rest of the season for sure. And you, I mean, you obviously played at that level too, Jenna, and you moved around teams and everybody has experienced it. But, you know, when you, you know, obviously you played with Corey last year, but Corey moves over now is playing third and, 
you've you've mixed and matched and changed some things up with that team. It, I mean, it does take some time, right? It, you know, communication and the ways that everybody ticks. It sometimes will take a little time into the season before it does click. Oh, it's so hard from a shot making perspective, and, and more importantly, from a team dynamic perspective. Yeah, you could be the best teammate in the world, but hopping into a different role and owning it, being comfortable with it and having the trust and faith in your teammates, it's so hard. So they, I mean, their hard work has really shown this past weekend and I hope that they continue to build on it. And uh, yeah, it's really close here. I agree. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Rich Ruinen on the men's side at Red Deer, uh, Dominic Mayurki and Rich Ruinen, they were the U.S. teams there. Uh, Richie and those guys qualify, and I will steal the phrase from um, – Pete Annis, their coach, who I love and think is one of the – I just love hanging out with Pete, and he's just such a great guy, the head coach of um, Team Ruin. And uh, they make the semis, and they did it without Richie playing this weekend. It was uh, Phil Tilker, Persinger, uh, Croy Nuremberger, and uh, Colin Huffman. Uh, <laughs> they lose their first two games of the event, qualify Seaside. Uh, they get to the semifinals and is drilled. I believe it was Tyler Tardy, really, really good young team uh, from Canada. Uh, to steal uh, Pete's phrase, I guess the boys didn't want to miss their flights home <laughs> because they were like down. I believe it was like six zero after like two ends. It was something that was uh, bludgeonly ugly uh, early in the game, but still they qualified. And I know they wanted a little bit more, but to do it without Richie, especially, I was thinking about it too. And, and Pete was just kind of sharing with me how different it was on the ice because you you watched him play uh, at the tour tier two tour challenge. You take Rich Ruinen off that team. I mean, yeah, you've got a few guys that like to talk and great personalities and some great guys, but who is the guy that really steps up in that situation? Because, Richie, obviously we know how how persuasive, and that's putting it lightly, he is on the ice, but you take Richie out of the mix, that is a – you talk about communication dynamic change. I can't imagine what it was like without him on the ice. And that's not taking anything away from the other four. Oh, yeah, God, no. We all know that Colin loves to talk. Uh, who else loves to talk on that team? Oh, Tilker. They both love to talk, and you watch their time clock uh, get so low in all of their times, their games that they're timed in. It's it's nerve wracking to watch, really. But uh, they're a well oiled machine out there. I think that Richie kind of brings some level headedness, dare yeah. I say, um, and some confidence in the house. So that's a really good point. I mean, I I don't think that there's any lack of chatter out there, but probably. The, the dynamic and, and ease that is out there when Richie's on the ice was lacking. So good for them for rising to the occasion. Um, they, they needed a qualification there. They had a rough week in, in Picto, so good for them. All right, when we come back, we're going to have the interview with Corey Dropkin. we got a whole lot more to, to talk about what's ahead this weekend. Also, um, Europeans is going on o- over in Helsingborg, Sweden. I did, I did get a reprieve and got to stay home this week. I'm very, very thankful as Thanksgiving is around the corner. So thanks to uh, my good friend and colleague, Jerry Gertz, who is over there uh, doing yeoman's work. And, you know, I know fantasy curling is all the rage right now, at least with some people. I don't personally do it, Jenna. I, it might be something that is your um, – uh, something that you live and die with. I am not into it and don't foresee myself getting into it. But I got a question I want to ask you about uh, who would be the top pick for your fantasy curling team uh, to play mixed doubles when we come back. But we got more to do, Jenna. Stay right there. Corey Jopkins coming up next, and then Jenna's coming back with me to wrap this thing up right here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. <laughs> We now continue with the Extra Extra In podcast. Here again are Price and Jenna. All right, welcome back into the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson, and that is not Jenna Martin. That is going to be Corey Dropkin, the skip of the Young Bucks. Corey, welcome into the Extra Extra In for the first time this season. We've had you multiple times, man, but 
Dude, look, uh, we were there, uh, Jen and I both, obviously, at the uh, the Tour Challenge, uh, Nova Scotia, uh, the Tier 2 Grand Slam event that you guys, a record-setting win, the first U.S. men's team to bring home a Grand Slam title. I'm going to ask you specifically about that in a little bit, but, man, it's been over a week. Have your feet hit the ground yet? Has it sunk in? Hey, Price. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, yeah, it's, it was, yeah, we're feeling pretty good. Um, the wind's definitely sailed in. We're... Uh, we're kind of just getting back to, you know, training back up for, for our next event in Nablus next weekend. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely help building uh, our confidence level and uh, nice to get uh, a title win under our belt uh, going into going into the later part of our season. What, what was the emotion like of that? Because, you know, being on the ice with you guys, watch, watching, watching the week unfold, um, you know, we'll talk about the adversity in a second, but you know, just kind of the sheer, uh, to see the look that you all, the emotion really, uh, just that all the hard work, everything that you guys have been putting into this, but especially you yourself, I mean, you have just, you know, you've worked so, so hard, and I've watched it from, you know, back at Nationals last year, even going back a couple seasons ago, like at the trials, the amount of time work you put in and just the way that thing paid off winning that Grand Slam event uh, in Nova Scotia, it just seemed like the emotion and the feeling was, wow, we did it. Yeah, it's, you know, the Tier 2 Slam event is a pretty huge event for us. It's, you know, it's a big step for us to, to get into the, the next level, the Tier 1. Um, you know, with that, we have a... Uh, a spot in the the January Canadian Open Slam, um, but I think just in general, as as it was, it's you know we had made set that was like our seventh or eighth final that our, our team had been in, and it's the first one that we were that we were able to to finish off. And and you know my guys have been working so hard physically, but also mentally, and and to really be able to kind of just put that into the performance and 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 bring it out, especially with the. Um, the little bit of adversity that we faced earlier in the week, it was, uh, you know, it's a great feeling when, and when everything kind of comes together like that for, for a team and, um, you know, with all the hard work that we put in and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a nice feeling to have. Well, I mean, you guys ran into a little bit of adversity there because uh, obviously Rich Ruin and you guys played them over there in the Tier 2. Uh, you were 1-2 and two before the run began of, of five straight. And, you know, it wasn't just any kind of a fluky five-game winning streak. I mean, you beat the best of the best. I mean, clearly when it comes to the Tier 2, I mean, you had outstanding teams, you know, throughout the field. But Cameron Bryce was undefeated until you played them in the playoffs and knocked them off. We know about Tanner Horgan. They hadn't lost. They had won, what, 14, I think, in a row. You know, talk about the adversity that you guys did overcome because it one and two. I mean, it looked like I mean your backs were against the wall. Yeah, we were definitely against the wall. We, uh, you know, there's a lot of great teams there, and and uh, you know, against against those teams, you're not going to find a lot of misses. So it's kind of really staying focused on us and our game, and and that's kind of the the biggest mindset change that we that we made and. Um, you know, kind of just building up on our on our consistency and you know and finishing you know good good ends. Um, you know, we we dropped a couple of games early, and I definitely take uh, you know full responsibility for for a couple of those. And um, but uh, you know, just to be able to kind of flush flush those down and and understand you know we're we're still in it and. Um, you know, pull out, pull out a win, grab a tiebreaker and kind of keep running from there. It's, you know, our guys definitely showed a lot of grit that week. And, um, you know, it's fun when everything comes, comes together like that. And it's, uh, it's fun battling with those guys. It's, you know, I love curling with them and, and I think they, they, uh, they feel the same way just in general about our whole squad. So, you know, it's great when things come together like that. And, you know, it, sometimes it makes those wins even, even a little bit sweeter when, when you're facing hmm. the adversity that we did. So, you know, you guys, no U.S. men, the only U.S. team ever to win a slam, obviously, was Jamie at the Players' Championship, uh, not last season, but a season before that. Um, you know, you guys now become the first men's team to win a Grand Slam event, and I know some people will say, well, it really wasn't a slam event. Technically, and I was talking to Phil Drobnik, he goes, it counts. I said, I, by all accounts in my book, it counts. You know, what do you say to anybody that says, well, it comes with an asterisk because whether it does or it doesn't, it still is history, I know, to you guys. Yeah, whether it's an asterisk or not, it's still a Grand Slam event, and it yep. still feels great uh, no matter 
no matter uh, you know who, what everyone wants to say about it. Um, but for us as a team, it's it's our next step to taking it to the tier one slams. And um, you know what, the the first one's down, and and that uh, that's that's not going to hold us back to to going out in the Canadian Open and doing what we can do, and and just in the future slam of slam events. Um, you know, bringing in the confidence to know that we can, you know, we can we can compete with with those teams and and uh, we have what it takes. The biggest thing for us is going to be just building on our consistency and uh, and kind of, you know, bringing it every game, bring it every game. And so, you know, tier two slam, we've, we can check that one off. But uh, I think our whole team's in agreement that tier one slams next. Yep, as we continue with Corey Dropkin, the skip of the Young Bucks at Young Bucks USA on Twitter. They're all over uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Give them a like, and, and especially the chance now to get your own official Young Bucks gear. Yes, I've got my own lid. My kids uh, both are, are begging to get their own uh, coming home from from the slam. They said, "Daddy, Daddy, what is that?" And you know, it's it's a it's a friggin' sweet lid, man. It really is sharp, and you know, it was sweeping you know around the the arena there in uh, in Nova Scotia, man. Dude, what do you think, man? You had Haji wearing them. You had uh, guys from uh, from uh, Dunstone's team. I mean, you had people all around the rink that were start. These young buck hats were. I mean, it was really starting to uh, to sweep across Nova Scotia there in Pictou County. The excitement of the young bucks. Everybody was wanting a piece of the swag, and this is before the win, Corey. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, I I probably underestimated on the amount of swag I should have brought, but. <laughs> Yeah, between the between the lids and the beanies, uh, you know, everyone was starting to wear them. So it was, it was a pretty cool feeling to see uh, see you know not just some of the fans, but you know fellow athletes repping our repping our gear and and kind of joining the squad. And so you know we appreciate their support and um, fans, athletes, family, everyone. Um, but yeah, any interest in uh, lids, beanies, long sleeve performance shirts, sweatshirts? You name it, we're uh, we're starting to expand a little bit, and we're looking forward to bringing more more gear to to our supporters. You think you can uh, like maybe have five of those Young Bucks performance shirts for when we're in Yorkton at the Slam in January? Because last year, setting foot in North Battleford, Corey in in Saskatchewan, it was minus twenty nine the first day. We're talking Fahrenheit, not Celsius, and wind chill was uh, it was colder than minus forty. <laughs> I'm going to need at least five of them per day, so make sure you bring several for me, okay? <laughs> we'll make sure we'll make sure to pack an extra bag of, uh, of gear for you. <laughs> All right, please do. All right, look, uh, you guys got Curl Masabi coming up. Uh, what, uh, a training weekend together, I'm guessing, probably this weekend. But before you play uh, Curl Masabi and Eveleth, uh, you know, big Phil Drobnik Invitational is what I like to, uh, to call it and think of it. But, you know, what? Uh, you're quite the chef, Corey. You're going to be the lead chef and uh, cook in the kitchen next week for Thanksgiving with a family meal and friends? Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to step back from that job. Um, I myself, I'm going to be going down to uh, to Minneapolis, St. Paul area and uh, join my, my brother um, and, uh, and his fiance and my parents who are coming in for the weekend. So I'm going to have a, a family Thanksgiving and uh, Thankfully, I'm not going to be cooking, and uh, but uh, most most uh, most importantly, I'll be with family. So it's going to be a going to be a nice nice day before we uh, we start battling up in Eveleth. All right, Corey. Uh, just real quick uh, before we get out the door, uh, how is uh, how is your guy Alex Finson doing? I know he had to miss the uh, the slam there, but how how's everything with Alex? Alex is doing well. He. Uh, he had a little bit of uh, in, uh, shoulder injury uh, occur a couple weeks ago. Um, thankfully, it's as minor as could be. You know, he's able to slide. He's able to throw. Um, weight bearing right now is very minimal, but uh, he's he's on the he's on the rehab process and and he's feeling pretty confident about uh, getting back to to playing. Um, hopefully, in China in uh, mid December. So things are going well for him. Um, you know, we're all, uh, we're all hoping he has a speedy recovery and, uh, it'll be good to see him this weekend in Bemidji. All right. Before we let you go again, tell everybody where, how they can, how they specifically can get their young bucks gear, the hats, beanies, shirts, what you got, because there are people that are asking, I've had some people uh, ask where, where in the world, because there's no website, but tell everybody how they can get it. 
Yeah, right now we're we're working on a website, uh, but currently we're basically selling everything through ourselves. So you can contact me on social media. You can contact our team, um, any one of us individually, um, just in general. Get a hold of of one of us on uh, you know via phone, social medias, what have you. Um, so reach out, reach out. We'll uh, we'll we'll get you hooked up. All right, Corey. Congratulations on the win. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Bryce. Appreciate you, man. Once again, that's Corey Dropkin, the skip of the Young Bucks. Give him a follow again on Twitter at Young Bucks USA. They are all over it. Just a fantastic, exciting win by Corey and the Young Bucks. There you go over Tanner Horgan in the Tier 2 Grand Slam of Curlings Tour Challenge. But a whole lot more weights, especially the excitement of getting to see them play in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, coming up in January in the Canadian Open. That one will be awesome. But... When we come back, Jenna Martin's going to rejoin things, and we're going to wrap up here the Extraction Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Anything and everything involving USA curling and more is here on the Extra Extra In Podcast. Here again are Price and Jenna. All right, welcome back in. Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Appreciate Corey. The man dropped in. You know, I learned a new term from you in Picto, Jenna. I learned Uh-oh. the term peacocking. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Care to share? If you want to take a pass, oh, I will my. let I will let you take a pass. Um well, I will not provide the context in which it <laughs> came up, but uh, I'll leave that to you. All right. Peacocking is a uh, you know, when a peacock showcases their feathers or a curler puffs his chest. I don't know. You take it away. I'd never heard it before. I, I cl- do I know what a peacock is? Yeah, you're damn right. Who doesn't? But I never heard the term. And so this is one of those times where we talked early, right when we jo- got going here on the podcast, how it's awesome to do this thing sitting next to each other. Now is a time where I'm glad I'm not sitting next to Jenna Martin because I could feel a backhand. I can see it coming my way for even bringing that up here on the podcast. <laughs> But, Jenna, Team All-Pro, tell me, I, we can't get confirmation. I haven't been able to get confirmation. Did Team All-Pro, Jason Smith, who is playing with um, uh, playing with Jared Allen and those guys, Michael Roos and, and Bulger, did they make a final? Because last week, you and I were chatting, I, we can't get a confirmation that they made the final of the Dakota Challenger event. Okay, um, I think that they made the final. Looking at Smitty's Facebook page, it tells me, yes, could he be full of shit? Maybe. But um, it looks like they made the final. I don't think that they, they won, but they must have won some games. Well, if they made a final, then we had to have heard something about it, right? Yes. I mean, we it it would have been big news. I mean, and it's, I think it's still pretty good news if it is indeed true and fact that they did make – uh, the final, the Dakota Challenger spiel, but you know, look, hey, man, uh, more props, dude. Those guys, I, I know they're working, I know they're battling, and now that you got Smitty on your side, you got an ace in the hole, Jenna. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what those practices are like. They have to be working so hard because uh, all those guys are ex NFL players, right? Um, yep. I, I, it must be, it must be a weird feeling to have to like work so hard to be good at something. I. That might be rude. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so good for them. All right. Uh, let me throw in a, qu- a quick plug. USA Curling, five days of giveaways. It's starting on Monday, the 25th. Make sure you're following USA Curling on social media at USA Curl. Five days of giveaways, shirts, prizes, all kinds of cool things. Terry Davis has got it covered and is going to be handing out some swag, so make sure you follow them on social media. I'm sure everybody does, but their five days of giveaways is beginning on Monday, November the 25th, as we are about to turn the page to Thanksgiving. And yes, I can confirm that Jenna Martin and I will do this podcast next week. We will get one in early in the week. So stay tuned. Hold your iPhones. Don't let it go. Keep refreshing uh, the download page on the Apple Podcast app because we will have one coming at you early in the week. So wherever you're traveling, you can hear the soothing tones of Jenna K. Martin and the gruff twang of my voice uh, taking you through your holiday travels, whether it be uh, Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday, or Thursday. Hopefully we'll get one up and out to you on Tuesday evening. So, with that programming note aside, Jenna, we got to look ahead to this weekend. 
Got some events. Uh, you know, let's. Uh, you know what? Let's stay at home. Let's talk about the juniors real quick, and uh, won't get into too long. But the second junior national qualifier is this weekend. Um, it's going to be played at Curl Masabi uh, in Eveleth. It's the second of three, uh, as you now have, uh, believe, four spots that are confirmed on both the men's and women's side. But several more spots will be two two spots to be exact on the men's and two on the women's are going to be up for grabs at Kuro Masabi. I like to kind of this call this the precursor to the like I, you heard me talk about with uh, Corey Dropkin a little bit earlier. Uh, it's really the precursor to the Phil Drobnik Invitational, which is Kuro Masabi on Thanksgiving weekend this year. <laughs> yeah, the, the, what you call it, the Phil Drobnik Invitational. That's what I call it. I like that. Yes, Phil is the mayor of Evelyn. Everybody knows that, and he puts on a great event up there. Komosabi uh, always has really nice heights, so best luck to all the junior teams out there competing this upcoming weekend. Yep, so good luck to them, and uh, let's, you know, Looking ahead to what's going on elsewhere, uh, men's team's really not in action. Men's team's taking a break, but a couple of the women's teams. Uh, I guess let's start. Uh, let's start in Winnipeg, uh, a little bit further away, or well, Alberta. I guess is further. We'll start with Winnipeg because Winnipeg, uh, you've got. And I'm not sure if there's been a lineup change, and I'll have to ask Jerry this. But Ann Podol, who had, who has basically skipped the team, uh, her own team, they've got Rachel Workin listed as the skip. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if they moved Ann to lead, and now Rachel's skipping the team. I have no idea. Um, but they are the lone American team playing at the Sonova Spiel at East St. Paul. That one is in Winnipeg. And then the other event this weekend in Lloydminster, Alberta, the Boundary Ford Curling Classic. You have Team Madison Bear. Uh, they've had a little bit of a rough go uh, to start the season, but again, that is a completely new team. Uh, but Maddie Bear and company, they're going to be playing in Alberta. That actually is probably, when you look at events uh, through the weekend, that is probably the biggest one in terms of star quality and, and quality fields, I guess is probably the way to put it. Um, you know, Carrie Galusha is entered. Um, I know Laura Walker is entered. Minji Kim, uh, no, no surprise that they're staying over here and continuing to play. Uh, but the big thing that kind of you know gets my attention, and not just Mike Harris's uh, uh, Irene Shorey's team from Switzerland, but it's really one of the first times that you've seen the Chinese that are going to be showing up. And the Chinese, it's been really interesting because China has really been. A lot of things that are going on uh, in terms of uh, uh, political situation in mainland China, I've understood there are some reasons why China has not uh, been traveling to a lot of events over in Canada in this way, um, and then some other you know athletic reasons. But this is going to be the first time uh, that China really shows up on the scene, and they've got three big women's teams that are going to be playing uh, in this event in Lloydminster, Alberta. I'm really – actually, excuse me, they're going to have four teams playing I am really curious to see what the Chinese showing is like because nobody really seems to know anywhere what you're going to get from China right now simply because Jenna nobody's seen them yeah well I did not know that there were going to be four Chinese teams there that's crazy um and also very mysterious right like nobody knows what they've been up to I'm sure they've been grinding away as usual right I don't know but they haven't had the international competition in quite some time so um, I, I mean, I expect them to be phenomenal as they've always been, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to see what, uh, what goes on up there. Yeah. At right now, just to let you know, the highest ranked Chinese team in the world, uh, in terms of, uh, total rankings on the world curling tour, you got to go all the way down to just under right behind Jamie Sinclair. That is the top ranked Chinese team. They're at 30, there's wow. two 35 and 36. To me, that tells you something right there. Uh, that should tell you a lot. But they just, again, they just simply have not played. Uh, so that'll be coming up uh, this weekend. Um, also right now, I, I know, Jenna, you and I you know, chatted earlier, but the, the Europeans are going on right now in Helsingborg, Sweden. Um, really, I mean, I've, I've had some late nights and stuff with things going on over there. I'm just appreciative of, of Jerry taking, the, um, taking one for the team and going this week. And being over there, but if you want to watch it, a lot of the great coverage has been live. Some of it has been delayed on the Olympic Channel. A lot of it you can get uh, on YouTube via the World Curling Tours uh, YouTube channel. Um, but let's get into it just briefly. I'm not sure how many people have who are familiar with it, but Broomgate, 
that unfolded. And that unfolded when uh, it w- was Thomas Olsrud's team. Uh, they were playing, was it England? And they want, they were up big late in the game and they wanted uh, their fifth to come in and, and get a few ends because they were up fairly a large margin. Uh, they asked the official about the broom. Uh, Jenna, I'll let you take it and kind of explain a little bit more. But to make a long story short, uh, they thought they were abiding by the rules but afterwards, Norway was disqualified, and the win was giving to England when, I mean, Norway had outplayed them, but because of a rule violation. Yeah, just crazy. It's kind of the second uh, Broomgate wave that we've seen historically in curling. The first one being a few years back when everybody discovered that, uh, obviously, the materials that your broom heads are made out of have such a drastic impact on the stone. Um, so through a bunch of clinics and testing and everything like that, um, the World Curling Federation implemented a rule where you have to have a standard broom head to compete. Um, so going into all the competitions, all the umpires check your brooms, and they even tape them, color code them by position, basically giving them their stamp of approval that they're safe for competition, they've been approved. Um, and so from my understanding, the alternate entered the game, and he had his broom, which he understood was approved, and so he played with it. Um, the rule states that you can't have a fresh broom enter the game. So he, the alternate was to take the other player's broom. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just a weird, uh, a lot of gray area there because maybe the rule isn't the problem. Maybe it's the way the rule was enforced. I don't know. I've seen a lot of crazy accusations going on and even people being like, how can England accept the win, which I think is just, absolutely crazy how can you be upset with england in that situation um i don't know it's it's just it's just interesting when issues like this arise in the sport of curling because historically it's been such a sportsman game yeah um but yeah just interesting the the world curling federation rule book states quote if an alternate player comes into a game that player must use the brush head of the player being replaced penalty if a new brush head is brought into the game the team will forfeit the game. And Stefan Wallstad, Norway's third and vice skip, said, quote, after sweeping a couple of rocks, we were informed that, in fact, our fifth should use the broom of the player he was replacing. We switched brooms, thanked the umpire for the heads up, and played the remaining two ends before England conceded the game in the eighth and end quote. Statement from the World Curling Federation afterwards read, quote, Norway contravened Rule C3G relating to the use of a brush by a substitute, resulting in Norway forfeiting the game. Now, Walstead went on to say, quote, what, it, what is the spirit of curling if the umpires of the game have forgotten them? Curling is a most wonderful game in large part because it's built on mutual respect and understanding that most players act with good intentions. This, this spirit should influence both the interpretation and the application of the rules of the game and also the conduct of all participants on and off the ice, end quote. I, here's, I listened to Wayne Madaw um, on Hasselberg's coach last night um, kind of explain it, and I, I, I agreed with him in a lot of ways. Was, was the rule broken? Yes. As the rule is written, it was broken. But in the, in the spirit of the game, uh, look, come on, guys. But the biggest thing is the way it was handled. And, you know, with the, with the way the official, you know, allowed it and then let him go sweep and then, and then informed him that you can't do that and then let him to continue on the game. And then the World Curling Federation putting out a, a half-baked statement. And this is the only thing they said. Again, quote, Norway contravened Rule C3G relating to the use of a brush by a substitute resulting in Norway forfeiting the game, end quote. That was all they had to say about it completely, in my opinion, disappointing in the way it was handled. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's so much to consider, and it's really hard unless you're actually there. Is there some accountability to be held as being a team in that event? And you have a responsibility to know the rules, but also there's an even bigger responsibility on the umpires to enforce the rules and do it in a, a respectful and manner that honors the sport that you're representing it's i feel it's complicated it is know. it it is very complicated i just you know when when all the parties involved is i mean look the, nobody was trying to pull a fast one on anybody Did, was a rule broken as it's written yes it was 
but there was in no way intent. They were winning the game. They were simply trying to get a fifth uh, guy to get them some ice time uh, while they were up, and they were trying to do it in the right way that they thought that they knew. I just think it's really disappointing. I just – the way it was handled could have been much, much better, in my opinion. But, yeah. you know, also do know that rules are rules, and they've got to be enforced to a degree. I mean, I'm, you know, it's kind of like with my kids tonight who wouldn't go to bed when we were trying to put them in bed. I mean, at some point, you, there's got to be accountability. I don't care how old you are. But, look, at the end of the day, yeah, it's just – it's really it, – it really is – a cruddy situation, but, you know, here we go, curling back in the news. And I'm sure it's probably going to – this is something that's probably going to keep uh, rearing its head, you know, for the next couple – I would anticipate, in my opinion, probably the next couple days, um, just simply as Europeans is playing out, I would expect in kind of another wave of a PR to come up. What will be interesting, in my opinion, though, here – uh, right now is that game really could play a pivotal role in whether Norway and Thomas Olsrud qualify because right now at Europeans, they are sitting at 4-4. Four and four. Had they not had that win taken away, and just let me note, that is England's only win of Europeans. They are 1-7. Um, yeah. if, if, if Norway had won, they would be 5-3 and three right now. 5-3 and three would be in a four-way tie for second place because right now Scotland and Ross Patterson, uh, Italy skipped by Joel Retorna, and then uh, Yannick Bernschwaller uh, in Switzerland, they are 5-3. and Ulsterud would also be 5-3. and three. There would be four teams tied at 5-3 and three for the final three spots. Yeah, that's got to make that all the more frustrating. Of course, when it happened, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, I hope it doesn't, their record and – and playoff uh, contention this week doesn't come down to losing that one game. Uh, uh, that's just got to be such a, a kick, and uh, I don't know if I can say that. Uh, <laughs> you can say anything you want. We have uh, no FCC rules uh, on this podcast, so fire away. Okay, it's just got to suck is what I'm trying to say. It's just got to absolutely suck. There I don't you. know how you come back from that, finally. Like, oh, that's tough. So I feel for them. It makes me, like, really root for them. I hope that they qualify. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out because there's even talk now of like, hey, do we just completely remove umpires and officiating from events like this? Curling's always been a, a sportsmanship type game, yada, yada. So I think this is just the beginning of a much larger conversation to come. I agree. All right, uh, last question before we get out of here, Jenna, because you got uh, you got big things to do as your dogs <laughs> dog sitting this week. I hope there's no <laughs> snow, or I hope there is snow to give you a reprieve and let the dogs get out there and play. But look, fantasy curling, I mentioned all the rage. I don't play it. I don't have any I, outside of fantasy baseball. I fantasy is just not my cup of tea. Um, I know a ton. I mean, clearly tons of people that do, and I got no issues with it. But fantasy curling right now is some people. A lot of people are playing it, but it got me thinking as I was looking at it on Curling Zone earlier. Who would you pick if you had a your fantasy pick? And I'm talking not talking about like points and digitally, but if you could pick anybody you'd want to play mixed doubles with, who would you want to pick? Who would you pick to play mixed doubles as your partner? Anybody in the world? Because I was thinking, I was like, man. Anybody in the world. Um, For whatever reason you would is, pick. Go ahead. My first thought is Mark Kennedy. Interesting. How does that sound? That's not where, I, that's not where I thought you would go with it. But, but, but please, go ahead. Explain. Okay. Um. Well, to be honest, I panicked when you asked me the question, and I looked up best curler. Oh my on goodness! Google. You've got to be kidding me, Jenna. I'm not kidding. I wish I had a really well thought out answer, and I was just I saw Mark Kennedy's picture, and I thought, wow, he is uh, really smart. He's a good curler. He fits into a lot of roles really well. Why not? I don't know. All right. Where did you think I was going to go with it? I didn't know, but I I just did not expect the answer that I got. I kind of thought you might go with Corey Dropkin. I wasn't sure, but that was where I was leaning yeah. internally. Well, one of the oh, last boy. time one of the last times I saw you, it, you did have a Young Bucks lid on. So I'm just saying. And by the way, if anybody wants a Young Bucks lid, they've got beanies now. Uh, yes, Jenna, shoot me, but hold on, let me get through this plug. You can get them. Just hit the Young Bucks up on Twitter, Facebook. They don't have a website yet, as you heard Corey talk about talk about earlier. You can get your beanie. They got high perform or uh, what long sleeve performance shirts coming out. 
just send them, a, just send Corey a message on the Young Bucks team account. He can hook you up with whatever, whatever Young Bucks uh, garb and gear you want. He's got you covered. But yes, I thought you might say Corey, uh, Corey Dropkin. No, we talked about the pee tracking thing earlier in okay. the podcast, right? I, I, it's not for me. Who would you pick? I have to ask you. Um, you know, I honestly, I, yeah, I pose the question to you. Um, who, who would I pick? It's not easy, is it? It's not easy at all. And it's not because of like some popularity contest or this or that, like trying to score points. I, I would probably have to say there's one of two people. I would probably go with Anna Hasselborg, and it's not because knowing them and working with them. I she's just so she's so competitive, like me. I hate losing. Like you saw me when when we had when I had you know teams losing. I just I don't have I have a hard time with it. You know, back when I was a swimmer, I was so <laughs> irritable. When I was swimming uh, in high school and in college, I was so irritable to be around when I either lost or did not swim well, and I just. Being around them and working with them, it just the way they are so dialed in, especially on the skip of that team. I would love to play mixed doubles with her just because she is just like, just there's no holes barred. She does not care. She wants to win all the time. If I had another pick, I'd pr- I don't know why, in getting to know her just a little bit and just thinking the world of her and just having so much respect, I would love to play with Eve Muirhead. Um, I think she's just an incredible person. I think just some of the stuff that she's gone through, I, I think she's just a delight to be around. I think she'd be a lot of fun to play with, too. Those are good options and really good answers. I'm impressed. Surprised? I support both of those. Okay. All right. Well, as long as I get the full ringing endorsement from Jenna K. Martin, that's all we need, and that's all we need for this episode of the podcast. Right, Jenna? We're good to go, right? Yeah. We're good to get to, uh, good to, to go. little Lupino and... Now I'll get to uh, you know some hops and barley, but look, it's been awesome. We will do this again next week, Jenna. We'll try and get this baby out on Tuesday at the latest Wednesday. So anybody kind of traveling around the country, make sure to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher. Go to tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can listen to every episode every single week, every one that we have up just hit subscribe so it's downloaded and brought right to your smartphone. All you got to do is hit subscribe, and we would love a rating, four or five stars, five preferably, and that makes it easier uh, for others to find on the Apple Podcast app. But look, Jenna, that's a wrap. Appreciate everything. While your dog's sitting there in Milwaukee, appreciate uh, uh, Doug for keeping the dogs. What did Doug do to keep the dogs down this, these last uh, this last segment? Because I've heard not a peep. Well, the whole reason they started barking is because he got home. Oh. So he's a gift and a curse at the same time. He is such a gift. He's a gift as we uh, will gift away. You get back to, to Doug and the dogs, and I'm going to get downstairs. And we will do this again next week, Jenna. It's the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network. We will do it again. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Good curling to everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Pice Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on news, guests, and upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. And contact us for more information on how to join the 12th In Sports Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.